Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to episode 161 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to revisit strength training for runners. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational, and let the Marathon Running Podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond. Hey runners and welcome to episode 161. My name is Letty. My name is Ryan. And we are the hosts of this very podcast, currently separated by the Atlantic Ocean as I'm in Germany and Ryan is in Florida and it's been a week and I really miss you, Ryan. I miss you too, Letty. But distance doesn't stop this podcast from going on. So here we are, regardless of the Atlantic being between us, with another episode. And guess who's going to be our guest today? Who is it? It's Charity Rivera. We've had her on the podcast before. And back then, she was trying to go sub three hours. She's actually one of my coach, Ron Tabs athletes, hopefully qualifying for the Olympic trials this year. That's cool. Yeah, super cool. And I brought her on because I've watched her over the years progress, not just with her running, but also strength training. So Jerry actually got into all of that stuff herself by learning. She loves reading. She's super smart. She looks amazing. She's super strong. She keeps on getting new PRs. So I figured who else to bring on to talk about strength training than someone who's basically built that up herself. It'll be interesting to like, hear what she's learned over the years too. Exactly. So... So what else did you talk about? Yeah, so we just talked about how she got into it, where she got her information from, um, how she's approaching it, and what she does for her running. And she shares a lot of stuff with us and also some tips. So you want to get into it? Yeah, sounds good. Without any further ado, here's our conversation with Jeremy Rivera. All right, so I'm back with Jeremy Rivera. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining me again. Hi, thank you for having me back on and hello everyone. So we had you on last time. It was about two years ago. Last time was because I heard you on another podcast and the main theme of last time's podcast was your weight loss. Apparently you had lost a bunch of weight and the podcast was about how you lost it and all that stuff. And I felt like the previous hosts completely overlooked when you were talking about your PR being a 126 half marathoner self-coached. And that blew my mind because there's a lot of people on the weight loss journey and it's definitely not to be diminished at all. But the fact that this person is coaching herself to 126, that's crazy to me. So last time I interviewed you, we talked about you running a potential sub three. I said, you can totally do it. I knew you could do it. You've done it since. And you also got to meet my friend Ron Tab, who is also now your coach, because he loves people that are awesome, that have talent, but also work hard. And you have a combination of both. So I just wanted to give the listeners kind of the background on how we met last. But how have you been and what's been going on? 
Yeah, so thank you for that uh, write-up. That was really nice. Um, that podcast with you changed my life because I met Ron. And when I spoke to Ron for the first time, um, he was the first coach. Well, he wasn't really the first coach, but he was a coach at the time who believed in my dream of running this sub three and potentially in OTQ time, he was all about it. So since then, we worked together to take my marathon time from uh, 3.25. And now I've run three sub three marathons, I guess. I don't know if you want to count the 247 as a sub three. I kind of feel like that's its whole other category. But um, yeah, the my speed has increased. Um, I'm getting on to more podiums at bigger races, not on the world stage, but, you know, just kind of locally. And so um, that's been pretty cool. And we're working together to hit a sub 237 this fall at Indy. So we could have come a long way. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're putting it out there and you're going to get it. And I've believed in you before. So I'm going to tell you again, I know you can do it because I know how hard you work when you work. So tell our listeners a little, maybe a little bit about your background when it comes to that, because there's a lot of people that don't have that same work ethic. You kind of run with it. You have the talent and then you have that work ethic. Like, you know, I said, that's that, that combination for success. How did you get that work ethic? So one thing I'll say, and this is slightly related, slightly not, is that I'm very into um, animal training. And so I know with animal training, you have to start in like these very small bite-sized pieces and the behavior that you're trying to shape in an animal. So like, say you're trying to get it to spin, it's not going to look perfect. You're going to start with just kind of like a small little like head turn, like guiding them. And then you're going to turn that into like they move maybe one foot in their head and then maybe they move two feet in their head. And then eventually you're getting them to make a full circle. And then eventually, instead of coaxing them with food, you're using the hand signal and you're introducing the, the word and the hand signal. And so I think when it comes to the, the strength training that I do, the discipline that I have, it all starts with just starting out with a small bite-sized piece and working from there. So when I started with my strength training, which is what this episode is going to be about, I literally started with just like five to 10 minutes at home on my living room floor. And I was like, I'm just going to do this um, every day. It's just going to be something. And I didn't stick to it every day because I learned that you need a rest day. But um yeah, I just kind of build on this small crumb and um, continue to stack it up. And I think that over time, you know, you can make time for that activity. So it's a lot harder to start off with, okay, I'm going to implement this whole new routine, running routine, strength training routine for nine hours a week. That's like, almost impossible to tackle. But if you start with, okay, I'm going to run one mile a week, and then I'm going to do 10 minutes of strength training. It's as you build through that over the years, you will find time to make more time for it, if that makes sense. So yeah, that makes complete sense. I love that analogy. We can see how that would work. So with that said, how important do you feel that strength training is for your marathons? when you're coming from a background like mine, where you have 
zero um, history of having any kind of like physical activity. I was purely um, an art student. I liked reading books. I did not enjoy getting sweaty. Uh, strength training is going to be extremely important, not just in your running, but in your everyday life and as you age as well. So strength training can help prevent cognitive decline. It can help strengthen your bones. Um, I've even heard that it can help kind of prevent Alzheimer's. So that wouldn't be like the only thing that would help prevent it. But for example, you know, if you're older and you have more, um, you have more like muscular tissue, then you can do more things. You can hang out with more people. You can climb mountains. You can be more social. And so that's going to kind of feed into um, your cognitive abilities, your ability to just do more things all around. You know, the old um, like example that people use, carrying your groceries, chasing after your dog or your children. Those are things that um, strength training is gonna be very important to. When it comes to running, Strength training is essential, especially for the marathon, because it's going to aid in your ability to prevent injuries, your running economy, your form, um, as well as your muscle coordination for specific movements. So if you're a trail runner, you definitely want to have the strength to hold your core upright as you're like twisting and turning. You want strong knees. And so Strength training is beneficial whether you're a runner or not, in my book. No, I love that. And I love that you took the time. I know you like reading, you mentioned that, that you took the time to look into that for yourself and also so you can share it with us to figure out how you best approach your marathons because there's this common misconception from especially the 90s, etc., that the less you weigh, the faster you are, which logically does make sense, right? Because your muscles carry lighter bodies, then obviously you're going to be faster. But then there's also something to be said about having extra muscles to keep you strong for those long runs. Yeah. And I, I know a lot of people, they'll say, oh, I don't want to strength train because I'm going to get too big. And I've heard this analogy somewhere that it's almost as silly. It's really exactly as silly as someone who's very strong in the weight room saying, oh, you know what? I'm not going to run because I don't want to accidentally run a sub four minute mile. Like, don't worry, you're safe. <laughs> That's not going to happen to you. <laughs> you're not going to reach that level. Um, a lot of runners, we run too much and we really don't eat enough to get uh, very big. So that shouldn't really be a worry for most people. And even if you do gain a couple pounds, which like in this um, last year, I've gained weight as a result of strength training um, more seriously from the previous years. So um, just because I like increased my caloric intake and I've also been like pushing the weights. So I gained about uh, a little under 10 pounds. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and another thing to be said about just briefly that is that your muscle weighs three times as much as your fat does. So, so you can weigh more, but look leaner overall. All right, so let's hop on to the next question that I have for you. Um, you kind of alluded to your animal training experience and knowledge of doing things very lightly in the beginning as to not to deter you from continuing to doing it. So is that how you started and then how did you get to a higher level in strength training how did you know 
what you needed to work on. There's a thousand different machines in a gym and then there's body weight. So how did you approach all that? So when I first started, I just started in my living room with a program that's called Fitness Blender. They have like over 500 free videos on YouTube. And now as of recently, they started charging for some of their videos, but they're like new content. So any of the old videos that I've used, those are still free and they still have so many free options on there for you to start with. But yeah, I just started in my living room using body weight. I was the type of person that would sign up for the gym and then never go. And I've done that so many times that I was like, I just need to create a habit in my house of doing this. And then once I create that habit and I outgrow the equipment that I have in my house, which is like a couple dumbbells and then like a really light, cheap barbell, I was like, okay, after I, you know, master that, then I can move on. And that took me maybe two years of just doing body weight stuff and trying to be consistent at it to eventually get to the point that I could say, okay, now I feel that I'm doing this frequently enough um, and I feel comfortable enough that I can get that gym membership. So from there, um, I don't, I think because I already had that base of using the dumbbells, I wasn't too reliant on the machines. But if you're brand new and you don't have that equipment in your house or you just don't want to purchase it, um, then you can use the machines, which I find to be super helpful just because they can, you know, allow you to isolate a muscle better. They can um, assist in your, um, I don't know, I can't think of the word. They can assist in your form in the sense that, you know, say you have uh, two dumbbells on your shoulders and you're doing a squat. Well, now you're kind of balancing your core. You don't want to rock forward. You don't want to rock back. It can be a little bit um, more challenging with coordination. So what the machine can do for you is take all that away and just put it purely. So let's say you're on a leg press versus doing a squat with dumbbells on the leg press. You're just purely focusing on pushing and um, you're not balancing your body. So that's kind of like a little walkthrough of how you can start with, um, okay, I'm a beginner and I've never done this before to I'm, uh, I'm advancing a little bit more and now I can use the machines. And then from the machines, you can switch to barbell, you can do more dumbbell stuff. I don't know if that kind of like paints a picture of that, that process, but that's kind of how I went about it and how I would suggest that someone who's new uh, goes about it. No, that does make sense. And we can picture it a lot better than before. However, let's, let's retract just a little bit because you're talking about fitness blender and then you're talking about using equipment at your gym. How did you know what you wanted to work out on physically your body as a runner because do you go into fitness blender and is there something that says these are workouts for runners or how did you figure out what's best for you? Yeah, so they do have runner specific workouts and those are very helpful. But the way that I think of it is almost like seeing your body, not like a 2D image. There's not just the front and the back that we're trying to work on. There's sides to your body as well. So you're thinking of your body as like moving in four different planes of movement, up and down and side to side. And so when you're thinking about the workouts that you want to do as a runner, you want to think about 
what you're doing when you're running. Okay. So it's like a lot of single leg movement um, things you're doing. Um, muscle coordination. So when you're on that single leg movement, maybe you're jumping onto a rock or like over a log, you want to have a nice strong core. You want to be able to, um, I guess, I don't know if I'm using this word back, uh, correctly, but you want to have that like strength to throw your arm back um, because that's going to be, your arm swing is going to be equally as important as like swinging your legs forward. That's going to assist in that motion moving forward. Um you want to think about hip stability, pelvic stability, any kind of movement that would aid, oh, even calf strength training. So, and not just strength training your calf while your leg is completely straight, but doing it when it's bent as well, because that's going to get the soleus, which is also going to be very important, especially if you're a long distance runner who's trying to run at high speeds and you're getting up on your toes for a very long time that muscle is going to become fatigued. So you're really trying to think about what you're doing as a runner and what movements you can use to assist that. So I actually have a couple exercises here that I call bang for your buck. And those are just kind of like exercises that I'll put into my program when I don't have a lot of time. I just need to hit um, as many muscles as possible uh, they're not very runner specific, but they kind of work on like gaining that overall strength. The only thing that I don't like about these bang for your buck workouts is that they're not going to um, work a lot of lateral movements. So you're not strengthening that side to side. And that side to side movement is going to be very important for things like you're preventing IT band injuries or um, keeping your pelvis straight while you're running, you know. So, yeah, I love this because I'm guilty. You kind of get stuck. There's a thousand different workout programs out there and some of them are for runners. But until it makes sense to me why I should be doing what and how that's going to help me, I probably won't do it. So I love that you look at it this way because now it completely does make sense. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it does help. And that's what I try to do is provide a template. So I don't want to give people workouts like, oh, you want to do 10 squats, 10 push-ups. I like to try to show people, okay, this is an overall template of how you can incorporate this in a way that works for you because everyone is going to be different. So um, my husband, Rob, and I, we both eat the same thing. We both sleep at the same time, but we strength train completely differently. So he benefits from lower, um, higher weights and higher, excuse me, lower weights and higher reps. And I really benefit from a higher weight and a lower rep. Like I'm just not as thrashed. I enjoy it more. And so it's going to be kind of an intuitive thing. You do want to work on your weaknesses as well, but you want to find what works for you and work it. I love it. So let's hear those bang for your buck workouts. All right. So the bang for your buck is going to be any kind of pull up, chin up, and you can use the machine to assist with that. You can use bands. Um, our favorite, the push up, uh, bench press, squats, um, a bent over row, dips, 
lunges and an overhead press. And the reason why those things are so good for you is because they're not like a bicep curl where you're just isolating the bicep itself. You're using your entire body. So when you're doing a deadlift, you're actually activating a lot of your back, your traps, your lats, all of that is used um, to you know, support the weight of the bar. You're working your glutes, you're working your core, you're working um, your hamstrings, you're working everything. Even in a squat, like you're working your calves. So in workouts that you wouldn't traditionally think, oh, I'm, I'm working my total body, you really are in these movements. And these bang for your buck movements, if you do want to, or if the listeners want to look them up on Google, it's just basically a compound movement. That is a fancy word for total body. When you're doing these movements, you're focused on performance and doing more um, and getting stronger, not necessarily getting buffer, which I'll go into. Uh, I can now if you want, or I can go into it later. So there are two and there are, two, there are really three critical pieces to my workouts that I, I like to include in like a week. Just um, these are kind of like my go-to. And that's going to be a hypertrophy, hypertrophy, hypertrophy training style workout, a max strength style workout, and then an explosive power style workout. Some of those you can combine Um, But if you are going to do any kind of like explosive plyo movements, you 100% want to do this before you lift the weights. You do not want to do it when you're tired. You don't want to be doing like single leg jumps um, after you've lifted a ton of weight because that's a good recipe to like tweak your knee. And so when you think about the difference between what hypertrophy training style does versus max strength training style, hypertrophy is growing the volume of the muscle and max strength is just basically piling on as much weight as you can. So this training style is the reason why a bodybuilder will look insanely ripped, super strong because they do hypertrophy style, but they don't lift as much as a power lifter. So when you think of like a power lifter or someone who like Olympic lifts and throws up weights, they don't look as strong as a bodybuilder, but they can lift so much more. So this, the goal behind max strength is to lift as much as possible safely. And then the goal with hypertrophy training style is to grow the muscle volume so that you can increase the amount of muscle fibers within the muscle so that when the muscle contracts, you have more force. And when you have more force in that muscle, the harder your muscle is going to fire off the pavement. And when your muscle fires off the pavement, the faster your foot's going to strike off the ground and propel you forward while you're running. Wow. So I want to hear a little bit more about that. So what does your regular training week, strength training week look like? How many days a week do you train? And then those three types of workouts that you mentioned, do you do all of them in one session or do you split those up? So I do split them up, but there are two that all kind of mix in together. Um, It just really depends. And the reason why I do these are just because, or I guess the reason for how I do them is just because it works for me. 
Um, now, whether you want to lift the day before your long run or the day of your long run is really up to you, how you recover, how you like to lift. There's no wrong or right way to do it. The only caveat that I will give is that you always want to prioritize the um, your primary sport. So if you're a runner, you want to run and then you want to lift. That's the only thing that I'll say is kind of like a, a rule that you do want to follow. Now, what days you do it doesn't really matter. But for me, what I'll do is on Sunday, I do my long run and then I do my max strength day. I like to do it that way because it's a little bit of convenience. My nice gym is like very far from me and Sunday is just the best day for me to go. But also if I'm running an endurance style run and then I go into the gym and I do an endurance style lift, then my endurance system is like completely tap out and I destroy myself. Like I can't even walk the next day, but it's, it's kind of funny because like if I stack on the weight, then the next day I feel amazing and I can continue running. And so (laughs) that's kind of just the way that that works for me. So I'll have my Sunday long run day, max strength. And then for my speed workout days, I'll do the hypertrophy style. So I'll do lower or higher excuse me, I always mix this up. I'll do a lower weight and a higher rep on my track day or speed day. And so I go home and I do deadlifts with like 10 pounds or even 15 pounds. And I'll do like 12 reps um, with four sets. So I'm doing 12 rest, 12 rest, 12 rest, 12 rest. That's what that will look like. Um, Now, whether I do the explosive stuff on Sunday or Tuesday, Thursday, which are the speed days, more or less, will just kind of depend on how my schedule is going, how I'm feeling. Um, But that's kind of how I incorporate that. You can add it into the um, the explosive stuff in whatever day you want to add it to, whether that's your max strength day or your hypertrophy day, just kind of depends on what works for you. Interesting. So first thing I notice, you only lift or have strength training three times a week. And then my other question with that is, I know you have easy days too. How come you don't do your workouts um, after your easy runs? For me, I just like to keep the easy days easy. Um, I have had periods in the past where I do do my strength days on easy days. It just kind of depends on what I feel like. But sometimes I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm already thrashed. Let me just like put the nail on the coffin, (laughs) get this over with. (laughs) But sometimes like I will say, too, with the hypertrophy strength training stuff, it's not all weights. You can use bands. You can use sliders and do things like that. You can use body weight. So you can even keep if you want to do your you know, body weight stuff on easy days, you can do that as well. But for me, I just kind of like on my easy day, I'm just going to take it easy and then I'll come home, maybe do a little bit of like mobility work. I'm notorious for being a very bad stretcher. I don't stretch. I consider my strength training, my stretching. (laughs) So yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, they've, they've done studies on stretching and they're not necessarily really that helpful for people so whatever works for you and I mean with the muscle construction and muscle lengthening I'm sure you can actually really substitute it too if if that's what's always been working for you yeah 
Yeah, that's the way that I see it. I'm like, if I'm on a deadlift, it's basically like I'm doing a toe touch stretch (laughs) (laughs) with added weight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So we've gone through what you do. Um, So let's bring it back down to basics for our everyday runners that have a marathon coming up in the fall that don't strength train that kind of want to just start dabbling a little bit with it. Um, Can you tell them what benefits you have seen since you started doing it? And then later on, we'll ask you to maybe give us a little bit of a, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, whatever you think um, idea of how much they should be doing what. So some of the benefits that I've seen within myself is my stride length improving. And it's not just in my mind. It's in my Garmin. (laughs) It's on my Garmin Connect stats. (laughs) I've increased my stride length. If, you know, you, if the listeners are familiar with my running stuff, then, you know, I kind of have like a choppy little stride. I think it was like a 0.95 before I started lifting heavier and now it's like 1.10. So a nice little increase there. Um, Another benefit that I notice is that I bounce back from marathons very quickly. I'm also very, I feel very strong in the latter stages of a marathon. So when I hit um, mile like 21 in Houston, I felt so strong and I just was like powering away. Um, Injury reduction. So I haven't had as many injuries I'm very prone to calf injuries for some reason. So um, strength training, specifically my calves, have helped me reduce the uh, amount of times I'm getting hot spots um, within my calf. So those are just a couple things. Um, But yeah, yeah, I think that's it, actually. And then also body composition. You know, we all want want that hot summer body. But, you know, I think I try not to focus too much on looks, but your body will change as a result. Um, Another positive thing, just even outside of my running, actually, is that I can play more with my dog in the park. So, like, after my long runs, I would feel so rickety that I couldn't really chase her around. And for some reason, strength training has helped me be able to feel like, oh, I can I can jump into these like explosive runs after her and like change directions really quickly and and play with her in a better way than I could when I wasn't strength training as like much. That's amazing. I mean, the mobility of I know what you mean, because you get a little bit stiff after you do a lot of running and then Mm -hmm. having that extra energy and mobility. I'm sure that has helped, too. Yeah, 100 percent. It's it seems counterintuitive at first, because when you come home from a long run, the last thing you want to do is load up a barbell and throw on like 100 pounds on your back. <laughs> like the thought of that, even now, to me, as someone who's who's familiar with this, like it doesn't sound great. But once you do it a couple times, it will start to feel better. Um, it will start to kind of like. I don't want to say like wake up your body, but your mobility will get better. You will feel a little bit more well-rounded and like you'll bounce back quicker from those long runs. That's awesome. And so then your strength training workouts, how long do they last? How many minutes a day or, you know, three times a week, but how long are they? I try to keep them short because I'm, 
I'm known for being the type of person that you have to like drag me out of the gym. I don't want to leave. My friends are like, dude, are you still going? <laughs> I don't know if I'm just like training poorly, but I'll try to keep them to an hour. Sometimes I'm going to keep it real. It's just five minutes. It's just me laying on the floor watching a YouTube video and I'll do like just a couple core movements, especially if I'm not feeling it. Is that the best for my performance? I mean, I don't know. It's probably not hindering it. But for me, it's more about just keeping the routine in every day, even if it's just like a little bit and not, I guess I don't want to say like every day because there is a rest day. But let's say I come back from the track and I'm like, I'm, I'm not feeling this. It's 830 at night. Um, I just want to get in the shower and eat something good bed. Then I'll just do like five to 10 minutes of something and so yeah, it can range from that short time to an hour. I try to keep it at the hour mark. <laughs> wow, you're something else. All right, so for our listeners that do have a fall marathon, what are some, and, and they want to start with something that they can just simply do in the living rooms, do you have a couple of suggestions? So I would say definitely those bang for your buck workouts. Um, body weight is no joke you know, from doing the push-ups, like that is so hard. <laughs> so, you know, if you don't have equipment at home, I've used, um, water jugs. I've used my backpack with my school books in it when I was in college. Um, so those are some kind of things that you can do at home. If let's say you don't have access to gym equipment or you don't have the money to go to a gym. Um, if you do, then of course I would recommend hiring a trainer, someone who can kind of like show you around um, and show you how like different movements are performed and how to use the machines, as long as that like builds your comfortability and as long as you can afford it. But um, if you're like me and you can't, then Fitness Blender, I scream it from the rooftops. It's not sponsored. It's just something that I was actually using it before I started running, I think I had been using it since like 2013. So, and this was just something to just kind of like get, you know, my body moving. And I would just do like, um, body weight squats, lunges, um, with the body weight, you know, a side lunge, just like tap my toe, the whole, the point I would say, if you're going to start for the first time is to start so small that you're not going to be extremely sore the next day because if you're strength training to enhance your running and it's taking away from your running then you're doing the opposite effect now you're no longer like helping your body you're making it you're you're making the uh the reason why you're doing it you're throwing it out the window and so i've heard ryan hall say that you want to finish almost feeling like you have 10 reps left and that will feel a little bit insulting to what you can do. But if you've never strength trained before, you're going to be so sore, even if you finish like that. So, yeah, I would say start so small that you're not feeling it so immensely that it's ruining your running. You can be a little sore. You can be moderate sore. If As long as you're like warming up and you're feeling good after you warm up, then you're moving in the right direction. If you're feeling so sore that you can hardly walk the next day, then you need to decrease the weight. You need to decrease the volume um, and basically dial it back into a point that you feel 
that you're seeing the benefits of the strength training playing into your running and not taking away from it. That's awesome. Jerry, thank you so much. And we wish you the best of luck. We know you can do it. You don't need luck. So I'm going to take that back. I know you can do it. <laughs> Go execute. And um, for our listeners that are going to look you up, how can they find you best? Um, on Instagram, pretty much. LOL, Space Monkey. Uh, I don't have a TikTok. I'm going to change my Instagram name. I just don't know uh, what to yet. <laughs> I think it's about time because <laughs> I've kept that for so long. Um, but yeah, one thing I will also add in before we sign off is that right now, the summer, this is the best time to start strength training and seeing what works when you're base building and you're running and you don't have any like workouts to focus on. This is the time to start implementing those patterns and like seeing what works for you, what doesn't play around with it. So that when you get into marathon training, you're not trying to figure it out at that point, because at that point, your main focus is marathon training. So I don't know if that helps anyone listening, but <laughs> helps me so i'm sure it helps everyone else as well thank you so much thank you thank you so much jeremy we will link your information in our show notes so people can approach you and talk to you if they have any questions i highly suggest people do follow her instagram because she does share a lot of great tips and any other questions from you ryan i don't think so All right, so with that, have a good week of running. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running. <laughs>